Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson, as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. So this will go under the category of sounded like a good idea at the time. It will also go under the category labeled Father Does Not Always Know Best. Okay? So it was a family vacation. And when I say family, I mean family. Uh, we are fam. Anyway, so I mean, we're talking all six siblings. You know, I'm the baby. My twin sister beat me by five minutes. And all of our uh, children, so cousins galore and nieces and nephews galore, cousins, first, second, third, 37th cousins, every other, you know, all there. We, I, I'm trying to remember exactly when it was. I was born again, for sure. I want to say Taylor, our oldest, was maybe, I want to say 10, maybe, maybe 11. Um, which would mean Merritt was nine, or if she if, if two years younger, and then another two or three years younger than Merritt would, would be Olivia. So I want to say around that age age range, maybe 11, 9, and 6, or 12, 10, and 7, something like that. But we all went to uh, our vaca- a vacation in the foothills of the mountains in New York, there at Silver Bay, like a YMCA, uh, like just a beautiful, beautiful spot, it was Lake George uh, is the big, huge lake that was right there at Silver Bay. And it was incredible. It really was. We had a blast. Uh, we had fun with all the water sports and all the water activities, canoeing and kayaking and, and all that. We'll come back to that in just a few short minutes. But we also, I remember campfires and uh, just just great laughs. So when, when Mark, I'm blessed to uh, truly love, uh, like, and love my family, right? You know the difference between loving and liking your family. And we really are. We, we're, we're close. We love each other. Uh, we, uh, we get along. There, now, I know as a pastor, I've, I've um, pastored many a family that doesn't get along, family members that have odds with each other, family members that unfortunately just don't, um, yeah, they just don't get along. And so if you happen to be in that situation right now, I just want to encourage you. Do the very best you can to rectify and reconcile and, and restore as best as you can. Scripture tells us to live at peace as best as you can. So uh, do what you can do to be at peace with all your family members. And uh, family is important. Amen. It really, they really are. So so anyway, anyway we, we had a blast. It was a great family outing. and But again, back to... <laughs> Back to sounded like a good idea at the time, and father does not always know best. I don't remember all the very, very detailed specifics of what um, set this up, except I do remember we had been boating, uh, meaning me and my me and my family, um, me and the cousins, me and my kids, me and the cousins, uh, you know, Uncle Uncle Tim. Uncle Timmy, they called me. So I remember canoeing or paddle boating or something. I think this was actually before kayaks became kind of a big thing. 
So again, probably kayak, probably just canoeing or paddle boating. And so we're out there on Lake George and, and having a blast and just enjoying the sun and laughing, just literally laughing till we cried. So I, again, had been born again for a few years and I was passionate, passionately about trying to figure out how to bring people to Christ. And, and so maybe even, if I'm honest, obnoxiously so. You know the folk. You know the kind, right? Now listen, I'm a fan of passion. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of being passionate for the Lord. But I'm also a fan of just not freaking people out. And so I did, unfortunately. I, When I got hooked by Jesus, it was hook, line, and sinker, baby. And it was everything I got and went all in. And that's not a bad thing at all. But the immaturity of that showed so clearly in my witness and my um, all the times I tried to, you know, bring people to Christ and they just weren't ready. <laughs> they just weren't ready. There, you know, there's a time. There's a time for that. And I did not heed those moments very well sometimes. So, um, so again, I was always on the lookout. I was always on the hunt <laughs> for to for an opportunity to bring people to Christ. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. In fact, I think we should all be more on the hunt for to bring people to Christ. We really should. We should look for opportunities. Scripture tells us all the time uh, that people to be alert, to be ready, to, to be ready. John Wesley used to tell his preachers, be ready to preach, pray, or die in a moment's notice. So we just, you know, again, so Scripture tells us that and Great movements of the past, you know, great revival, awakening, outpouring moments have, have told us that. So, so, but there is a balance, right? There is a, there is really a place and a time trusting the Holy Spirit's timing in this. We're supposed to trust the Holy Spirit as we uh, allow Him to lead and guide us and direct us and, and when we're supposed to share and when we're, when we're not supposed to share. There, believe it or not, there are, there are times when, Maybe we're not supposed to share because uh, that person's not ready yet. You ever heard of the, the passage, don't throw your uh, pearls before swine? Hmm. So anyway, all that to say, I was passionate to the point of obnoxious about my faith. So with my family, I was a little bit more you know, kind of laid back. I didn't want to push, push. Again, love my family, like my family. But we, I saw an opportunity. I seized the moment. I... <laughs> I saw an opportunity. Unfortunately, I didn't uh, say anything until later, but um, we were out, and I don't remember everyone that was out there, but we were on the water. We were on Lake George. It was We were either canoes or paddle boats. And uh, we had, and I, for whatever reason, I just picked one of the cousins, just, just one of the cousins, because I wanted to make a point, okay? And the, the cousin I picked was Jace. Uh, J-A-C-E, uh, one of our, one of their cousins. And, and so, um, so I picked Jace as the, <laughs> as the mark. He was my, he was my target. He was my, uh, he was my example. So again, this is after now the boating. So we'd been boating all day, uh, and I found myself, uh, with just my kids. Now I think it may have been either bedtime or I, th- I want to say, I kind of picture myself on the back porch of maybe our house and, and our, my three kids were around me or something. 
But I saw the opportunity to have a teaching moment, a father teaching moment. Okay, okay. So here we go. So I called my three uh, my three kids over, my son Taylor, my daughters Merritt and Olivia. Called them over and said, "Hey, come here. Let me let me talk to you for just a moment. Remember today we we're out in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we were paddle boating. Yep, and kayaking. Yep, or uh, canoeing. Yep." So we were out there with our cousins, right? Yep. So you all, as, as much as you know, you all uh, know the Lord, right? You all love Jesus. You all know Jesus, right? And you know, they did at that point, as best as they knew, Taylor, Merritt, and Olivia, uh, as young as they were, but as much as they were able to, they had made their own decision about Jesus at some point. Um, they loved Jesus. They trusted Jesus in their own, again, in their own way. And so I said, you all know Jesus. You were raised knowing Jesus. You know, you got a mom who loved Jesus even before dad. And then you got a dad who uh, loved Jesus so much that uh, wanted to go into full-time ministry preaching and teaching about Jesus. So, so, so you all love Jesus. Yes, dad, we all love Jesus. Thank right. And you know Jesus loves you, and yes, Dad, we know Jesus loves us. So, I'm stalling. Can you tell I'm stalling? <laughs> so, I um, I said, so if we're in a boat, let's just say we're in a boat, all of us together, me and you, Taylor, and you, Merritt, and you, Olivia, and let's just, and then this is where I just picked one of the cousins, one of their cousins, and let's just say, oh, Jace, let's just say Jace. We're all on the in a canoe on Lake George. And now it's not going to happen. But I said, what if somehow or another our boat capsized? Our canoe tipped over. Uh, somehow or another, uh, we all of us went into the water. And I had... For whatever reason, because no one could swim or because whatever the case, I had a choice to make. And I had to save one person. One person. Like, that's like, like that. Yeah, I know. This is, <laughs> I know. Like, some of you are like, no. Like, yes, I did this. <laughs> so I said, I said, so. I only had time to save one person for whatever the reason, for, for whatever the reasons, had time to save one person. I said, I just want you to know that if, let's say Jace, let's just say, and I'm not saying that was the case, but let's just say Jace did not know Jesus. But Merritt, you said you know Jesus. Olivia, you said you know Jesus. Taylor, you said you know Jesus. And if Jace did not know Jesus, then as hard as it would be, I told them, and I only had time to save one person for whatever reason, I would have to save Jace. And to continue the teaching moment, I would, <laughs> to their, <laughs> I still remember their horrified eyes as big as saucers now, like, what? <laughs> like, what? What? <laughs> what do you? And I was trying to explain to them, do you understand why? And I don't think any of them, I think Taylor may have said, 
because you like him better than that. No, he didn't say <laughs> But Taylor may have said, well, because he doesn't know Jesus? And so if anyone answered, it may have been Taylor. But I finally had to explain it was because, guys, if we all go into the water and I've got, I've got time to just save one person, just one person, then if all three of you all know Jesus, then I've, you know, I've, and, and Jace didn't know Jesus, then the choice, as hard as it would be, the choice is pretty simple. I got to save the person who doesn't yet know Jesus. Because as hard as it is, Taylor, Merritt, and Olivia, if you were to drown, you all would go to heaven. But Jace, if he doesn't know Jesus, wouldn't. So I'd have to save Jace so that maybe then at some point in his life he'd come to know Jesus and then after he died, then he would go to heaven. <sighs> you know, um, it's just so, so good. God's grace and mercy is so good. <clears throat> and it is so good that kids are durable. Somebody say durable. Kids are tough. Say tough. Kids bounce. <laughs> they bounce. You drop them, they don't break. They bounce. <sighs> so, fast forward even to now. 2023, we have had a few family gatherings. We've been blessed. Merritt's been home, and we've had quite a bit of time with Olivia before she moved to California. At one point, I don't remember when, but at one point of our family gathering this year, at some one of our family gatherings, just the immediate family here, me and Pam and Taylor and his wife, Colleen, Merritt, and then Olivia, that story, like it does at usually most family gatherings that we have, came up. That story came up. That They went back to that story. At some point, someone said something, and someone said, yep, like kind of like Jace. It's like a punchline of a really bad joke. Yep, Jace. Yep, <laughs> yep, when Dad was going to save just Jace. <laughs> so there, and today, praise God, we can kind of laugh about it, right? We can. But I've prayed much of my life after that moment, after I kind of realized that was just not the smartest example I could have used, that I had not scarred my kids. I had prayed, Lord, please don't let me scar my kids. I don't want to scar my kids that, you know, that they, you know, that, you know, uh, for whatever, you know, I just don't want to do that. <laughs> so, Lord, I, I don't want that to happen. So as I uh, think back to that moment, uh, motive, good. Intent, good. Uh, action, not so good. <laughs> I could have used a better example because, again, I don't think it scarred my three kids. I think they actually kind of chuckle about it now. But I can only imagine six, seven-year-old Olivia thinking, Dad would let me drown? <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't save me? And even Merritt, you know, like, um, okay. Weird, but what? And Taylor may have kind of grasped the concept. I'm sure maybe all of them did at some point. But there there probably could have been better examples. So again, under the category of father doesn't always know best, 
and under the category of it did seem like a good idea at the time. I want to say that that was my only fail as a dad. Yeah, I don't want to lie on a podcast. I don't want to lie on anything. But so that's that wasn't my only fail. There are many times I failed, and I think including um, just recently. Uh, a quick aside here, and then we'll jump right into scripture uh, for the rest of the podcast. But uh, <laughs> I asked Taylor about this one time. I remember punishing Taylor. He had lied to me uh, again, probably uh, maybe ten, maybe younger now, maybe eight, nine for him. But whatever the case, I, 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 he was, he had lied to me, and and I had to punish him and. We, we we believed that spanking our kids was okay as long as it was under um, control, not anger and mad, but just simply punishment. And so, but at this point, I decided as a dad to teach my son a lesson about how Jesus took the punishment. Yep, I took off my belt, handed it to Taylor, and made him whip me on my back. Taylor's weeping, crying, like, Dad, I don't want to do this. And I finally, I asked him just recently, I asked Taylor, do you, so you remember that moment? And he vaguely did. But I said, do you, did that make an impact on you at all about, you know, the, the sacrifice of Jesus? And he said, yeah, dad, no, <laughs> I barely remember it, but yeah, it, it didn't really leave an impact. It, if anything, it just kind of like, wow, that was just weird. So again, my apologize, my apologies to my kids for sometimes doing things that fall under the category, it seemed like a good idea at the time, and Father doesn't always know best. But this passage today, one verse in Romans 8, as we look at, as we look at verse 31, is just really, I, I think, um, uh, verse 32, I'm sorry, we've looked at verse 32, it just kind of has a word that just triggered that memory for me, and also the concept of it. Verse 32, Since he, God, did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? So if you remember last week, we talked about what bully could stand against us if God be for us, no one can be against us. And Paul goes on to kind of emphasize this point in verse 32, since he did not spare his own son, even his own son. So God, the Father, did not spare his son, Jesus, and gave him up for us. How much more? He says, well, Scripture says, won't he also give us even more or everything else? Concept, so think about it. The concept that I used about Jace, saving Jace and giving up my sons, and give give my son and my daughters because they already knew Jesus so that I'd give them up so that Jace could have a life of trying to figure out who Jesus was, if that was the case. Again, just using Jace as an example. But, (laughs) I mean, I think the intent was good, right? Now, in human hands, that stick of dynamite was not used well. It just wasn't. It just, as obvious, it just was not used well. But again, this verse, wow, and it's just almost this rhetorical question that Paul poses to the Romans. And he says, you know, and he makes this, he makes a rhetorical question, if you will, as several of them here, one after another, after another. But here, this is this first, he makes sure we understand Jesus was not spared. 
Jesus was not spared suffering. Jesus was not spared death, horrible death. Jesus was not spared. Now, for Jesus not to be spared was obviously a universal blessing for all of us who accept that. Um, now, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of universalism, meaning we're all saved because we don't either we don't need to be saved or we're all saved because Jesus died for all. And I'm not a fan of that belief. I just don't think that's biblical at all. I think that's not only heresy, it's blasphemy. But I do think that universally, Jesus has done enough for everyone to be saved. We now have to choose that by faith. We have to believe by faith that Jesus Christ actually took my sin. So therefore, I have to understand I'm a sinner. So I have to understand I'm a sinner. And then I have to understand that, that, that Jesus is the propitiation. He is the atonement for my sin. He is the one who took my sin, and only he could have done that. And, and then the second part, so, so Paul sets it up by saying, since he, God, did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. Now, look at, the, look at how Paul brings in the character of God, making sure we understand the goodness of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the generosity. Somebody say generosity. The generosity of God. Then won't he also give us everything else? Now, this has to be taken in context with passages like, whatever you ask for in my name, Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray, whatever you ask for in my name, I will give it to you. So if I just add in Jesus' name at the end of my prayer, I'm going to get everything I ask for. No. But so oftentimes, I think we get disappointed when we kind of have that idea of a concept instead of understanding truly what that means. Here, he says, won't he give us everything else? And that everything else is in, in light of and in the perspective of eternity. Um, yes, we will face persecutions here. Yes, we will face trials. We will face incredible, incredible challenges. We will face things that, that we don't want to face here in this whole world. So it doesn't mean that he's going to give us everything we've ever asked for and everything we want and every good thing. What it does mean is you've got to trust that God, in his character, if he, were to, if he did give us his son, and he did, if he surrendered his son for our salvation, and he did, then we can trust him for everything else. Because what Paul is saying is everything else compared to salvation is small. Everything else, our health, as important as our health is, our, as, as critical as our health is, and as, as much as we put emphasis on our health, health is not as important as salvation, right? As much as we put emphasis on family, family vacations, right? Lake George, Silver Bay. Family is not nearly as important as salvation. So regardless of what we put up against salvation, won't he give us everything else? I don't think Paul is saying he's going to give you everything plus salvation. That's not what he's saying. He's saying if you trust God for salvation, and you can and you should, then you can certainly trust God with everything else, even if that everything else doesn't turn out to be the way you thought it would, even if the everything else turns out to be kind of a hard way of life or a, uh, your lot in life is not exactly what you thought it was going to be. And so whatever it is, you can trust God. That's what I think Paul is saying. You don't. You, he's given you the greatest thing, 
the greatest thing is salvation through Jesus Christ alone. If God, the Father, gives that kind of a gift, woo, you can trust God for anything and everything else, regardless of how life turns out, regardless of what happens. You can trust him. I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, your trust deepens. I really do. I pray that your trust in him deepens in all things. I know a lot of people are suffering a lot of things, a lot of hardships, and but I trust that, that I pray that you and I will learn how to trust God in all things in light of what he has given us already. What, he has, he, what has he given us? Salvation in Christ. Come on. There's nothing greater. So if, if we can trust him for our salvation, we can trust him with everything else. This father does not know best all the time. But there is a father who always knows best. And that is a father you can always trust. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center, a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Firmers Chapel, a country church by a creek, reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.